coming to you live from my apartment. It's Rob as a podcast, and now here's the guy who bonds with all his friends over romantic comedies. Rob Sesternino, hello everybody. Welcome back to a Survivor edition of Rob Has a Podcast. I am Rob Sesternino alongside Nicole. Hello. Nicole, how are you doing? I am great. Did you think that was funny? Yeah, it was alright. You've done better. Yeah. Well, in one week I'm going to have you do the introduction, and then I'll say, nah, that wasn't funny. Okay, I bet it would be funny though. I bet it wouldn't. I bet it would. <laughs> I bet you screwing it up would be funny. <laughs> What? So we don't screw it up. Okay, well, a big Survivor podcast to get to today. Yes, great episode. Yes, we're recording this on a Wednesday night. Usually we record these on Thursdays. Yes. Nicole has something or other to do. Girls night. Yeah, (laughs) so we're recording this on a Wednesday. We just watched the episode. Just watched uh, Nicole's favorite, Matt Elrod, who is growing on me as well. You think he's a dreamboat also? I don't think he's a dreamboat, but I do think he's a good character on the show. Yes. Because uh, he's basically terrible at Survivor, Uh but good at challenges. Mm -hmm. And luckily, this is the season where that kind of gameplay is rewarded. (laughs) And uh, Matt could be well on his way to being the first person ever voted out of Survivor three times in one season. Or maybe voted out twice and he wins. Voted out twice and he wins. And he keeps coming back, and he keeps being in an alliance with Boston Rob, and Boston Rob uh, keeps kicking him out. Will he ever learn? It's like bowling. It's like, okay, Boston Rob throws the ball down in an automatic pin reset, and just here we go again. (laughs) Something like that, yeah. Is Matt Elrod the ball or the pins in that scenario? Uh... He must be the ball. I think he's the pins. I don't know. Well, the ball keeps coming back, too. Yeah. The pins keep getting set up. He's both. Yeah. And so, plenty of Survivor stuff to get to. Uh, We're going to talk to Marty Piombo Mm -hmm. from Survivor Nicaragua. Yes. Somebody that people have been asking us to get on the podcast for a long time. A smart Survivor player. A smart Survivor player. Mm -hmm. We will talk to Marty about all things Survivor and Survivor Nicaragua. Uh Uh-huh. And whatever else. And and whatever else. Yes. I uh, want to thank everybody who is subscribed to our iTunes feed. Uh-huh. We always uh, appreciate that. People who are subscribed automatically getting Rob has a podcast. And if you're not, shame on you. Yeah, and then you get you get this podcast. You get our interview with the Swire. We'll be talking with Sarita on Thursday morning. Uh-huh. So make sure you are subscribed. Make sure that uh, goes right gets right onto your uh, iPhone. Yeah, check it out. Check that out. So, uh, also, big week in the news, I felt like, with Survivor. Lots of other Survivor things going on. Yes. Uh, a lot of people brought to my attention on Friday, it was April Fool's Day, uh-huh. and a lot of people felt like they were the subject of an April Fool's joke. Which we thought we were. When Jeff Propes tweeted out that all of your Survivor dreams have come true, uh-huh. Boston Rob is now on Twitter. Light tap. Yeah, <laughs> trying to trying to light tap. Don't want me to crash no their try. Don't make anybody crash their car. But I have a pencil. I don't know if that works as good. I don't know. I, I don't know. We got to think of something else. Yeah, I don't know if we have to think of something else. But I need I need like a uh, like a xylophone hammer. Uh, oh yeah, that's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> so Boston Rob is now joined Twitter as per Jeff Probst, uh-huh. and everybody said, whoa, 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 whoa. And we, we even talked about it with Tyson last week. Right. Boston Rob is would n- would not join Twitter. I, twe- I tweeted to at Boston Rob, you, sir, are an imposter. The real Boston Rob would never be caught dead on Twitter. Did he re- tweet you back? Did not. Yeah. 
So uh, he doesn't know that function yet. We, we don't. We don't really know what's going on with the Boston Rob Twitter. Boston Rob appears to have a Twitter. Boston Rob has many followers already. He has twenty thousand followers, and he's verified. Doesn't seem to really have a handle on the tweeting yet. Uh, although today he did tweet a picture of his biggest fans, and it was him with Amber and the two girls. Yeah. I feel like, and then today I saw a tweet of, make sure to join at Jeff Probst in the virtual living yes. room, Pound Survivor. I saw that too, yeah. It certainly feels as though, uh, and I was uh, I was talking with somebody else about this, uh, who brought up the fact, like, really, does Boston Rob know how to put a background on Twitter? It seems like he's definitely getting some help. He's got a chauffeur. On, on the, yes. He's got a Twitter chauffeur. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And so it seems like Boston Rob is definitely getting some help on the Twitter front. Oh, definitely. But good for Boston Rob. How would he know how to get verified on Twitter? If Danielle DiLorenzo can't figure it out, how is Boston Rob going to figure <laughs> Why, it out? Why, because they're both from Boston? <laughs> um, they're both similar. So at Boston Rob is out there tweeting. Uh-huh. We, as soon We will come to you live, breaking news, as soon as he tweets something interesting. But at Boston, <laughs> at Boston Rob, it, we could play the Twitter game with somebody, did Boston Rob tweet this? But it, it wouldn't be a very good game yet. Yes. Because he's really literally tweeted nothing. Yeah, he tweeted, I went golfing with this dude. Great. Yeah. That's it. He's, and he was not happy with the Red Sox so far. Well, probably shouldn't be. Probably. Well, he really shouldn't be, <laughs> considering how they've done. Yeah. Uh, Richard Hatch in the news this week. Yes, unfortunately. For uh, for, for me- two reasons. A couple reasons. Well, one for one, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, Richard Hatch fired on The Celebrity Apprentice this week. Richard Hatch. Very sad. You're fired. And you can listen to our coverage of that. But basically, uh, he had to raise money for charity and could not find anybody to help raise money for charity. Mm -hmm. And then in a related story, (laughs) uh, Richard Hatch made news this week when TMZ had reported about how uh, from from, uh, wherever he's incarcerated, Mm -hmm. Richard Hatch uh, feels like there's a a tax uh, loophole that he can exploit. The only problem is he needs somebody to loan him three hundred thousand dollars. Right. Uh, and same coming across the same problem as The Apprentice. Right. Can't find the people to help raise the money. Survivors don't have a lot of money. So if you are uh, within the listening range of Rob has a podcast and would like to help Richard Hatch, uh-huh. uh Get contact me. I can put you in contact with Richard Hatch. He needs three hundred thousand dollars. So do we. So you can donate to us, too. Well, well Richard Hatch is in... <laughs> he it, needs it more. This is his time of need. Oh, okay. So... Stop uh, being selfish, Nicole. Yes. I actually got a text message from uh, Jenna Lewis this week. Oh, really? And she wanted to know, is there anything that can be done for Richard Hatch? At least Snooky had free Snooky t-shirts made up mm-hmm. when she was in jail. Should we make uh, free hats? Well, I think he needs the money by like three or four days from now. Or three, four days ago. <laughs> no, but I think uh, by uh, in a couple days. Yeah. I, so. I, I know what that means. Thanks. Okay. Well, then why did you say a few days ago? Meaning that it's urgent. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, 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 I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Well done. All right, douche. Uh, then, uh, so we'll keep you posted as we get more news about yes. Richard Hatch. But... And uh, speaking of Jenna Lewis, Jenna Lewis is very pregnant. But Yeah, Jenna Lewis is very pregnant. She's about nine months pregnant. She's ex- ready to bust. Expecting her first baby boy. It is a boy. Yes. Are you sure about this or are you making it up? I'm, I, why, why would I make that up? Because you're Rob's sister, you know. 
And then also, Nicole, did you see uh, what else happened in the news with uh, Mr. Stephanie LaGrosa? No, I didn't. Uh, this is actually a sad story. Now, it was a happy story on Tuesday night when my Mets were beating up on uh, Mr. Heidi Strobel, who has a 2-9 and nine career record against the Mets. But this is a sad story that Kyle Kendrick, who also pitched against the Mets on Tuesday night, uh, his World Series ring was stolen from Kyle Kendrick and Stephanie's house. Oh my goodness. Did they take anything else? Uh, yeah, there were th- some things stolen, but there was an alarm set, and they're wondering if this could be an inside job. That's crazy. It, it, is, a cr- it is pretty crazy. Okay, Nicole, what do you say? Want to get Marty on the line? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. Let's, let's, connect, let's connect to Marty, and here we go. Okay. You ready? You're nervous? A little nervous. Shaking a little. Yeah, don't be... Don't shake too much. It's not good the, for the, the sound. Yeah, oh, it makes me feel like this. Marty, what's going on? You're on with Rob and Nicole. Hey, Marty. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Rob. Good talking to you guys. Good talking to you, too. Uh, Marty, how are you doing? Doing good. Really enjoying the season. Uh, you know, it's just really interesting after having been on a season of Survivor to look at another season. And uh, in part, I would have to say... It's kind of humbling, you know, because when you go on Survivor and you're living this, you know, once-in-a-lifetime experience, you think, or at least I did, that you just got this thing down cold, that you are the smartest bastard in the world and nobody can outplay you in Survivor. And only until you watch the next season do you realize, God, I was such a rookie. I was such a rookie. (laughs) Well, that's a a good point that you bring up. And uh, something that uh, I had wanted to ask you about. Now, you did not have to get stuck with either Russell or Boston Rob. Right. You got stuck with Jimmy Johnson, and mm-hmm. we know how that worked out for Jimmy Johnson. Mm-hmm. Would it have been a similar result had instead of Jimmy Johnson, you had been thrown a Russell or a Boston Rob on Survivor Nicaragua? I don't think so. Again, it's always really easy, as you guys know, to armchair quarterback this thing, you know, and to sit there and say, I would have done this and that, because unless you're there and you know how the numbers are stacking up and how the relationships are looking. But as I knew what was going to unfold in this season, my approach would definitively have been to align with either one of those guys for a substantial part of the game. I think that Russell does have a track record of caring people that are loyal to him. And, and that's how I played my game. Uh, as long as you know that, you know, at some point in time, that's going to change radically. And certainly with Boston Rob, I would have done the same, you know, with, with Jimmy, it was different just in that he didn't play a game of alliances. If Jimmy had approached me and said, let's, let's, let's play together. And I definitely want to, you know, ride this thing out with you. I would have, I would have definitively jumped on board uh, with that approach. And I think, you know, Rob and Russell would certainly have been looking for alliances. So uh, as I thought about it, I definitely would have gone, I, I would have, that's, that's how I would have structured the ride. But, it, but if you got in there and you, and you took a look at Russell and realized that you were only one of two people that were riding with them, then, you know, that's not going to fly either, obviously. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I hear that. Uh, so, uh, would you have been excited to have either, uh, Boston Rob or Russell on you, on a tribe with you? Would that have been a, a thrill? Um, I definitely think so. I think, you know, it, it, you wouldn't know enough to know, but, um, if you're looking to play the game and, you know, how, how much exposure are you going to get in, uh, you know, living in the shadow of one of those two guys? 
you have to come to terms with the fact that, you know, you will be in your shadow and is that okay or not? And, and how can you make that work to your advantage? Uh, but I think I, I would have been excited to, I mean, you know, both of them, I think are, you know, top, top players all time. Uh, definitely love Boston Rob. Uh, and, you know, Russell, you know, is Russell, what can I say? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love the way the guy plays the game and everything else. I probably would have been more excited to play with Boston Rob, but uh, if if Russell had really drawn me into his web and 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 I thought that I had a a shot at going way deep into the game with him, oh yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. Now, Marty, does it bum you out to have not had any Redemption Island on Survivor Nicaragua? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, talk to me about that. Sure. I mean, uh, the interesting thing is, though, if I'd gone to Redemption Island, let's say if we had had that, you know, who would have been my next opponent would have been, you know, Brenda. And Brenda, who is incredible and athletic and smart and younger than I am. So who knows, you know, how that would have panned out in our next uh, duel. But I think that not only would we have had a chance, and certainly, you know, Brenda would have done really well with it, but I just love it. the concept in general is is fascinating to me because I just sort of think that it brings this whole mano a mano gladiator type. You know, I, I think it's so survivor esque in many many ways. I know there's a lot of different opinions floating around out there about how it changes the game and everything else. But I think it, I, I love it, and so far I'm I'm thrilled with the way it's worked out. Yeah, I agree. I'm a big fan of this Redemption Island. Oh, well, we'll see how it plays like it. out. It so far so good. Everybody likes Matt. It uh-huh. works except Boston Rob. He, except for Boston <laughs> Rob, who hates him. Yeah. Uh, he got to come back into the game once, and now uh, we get to see now if Matt gets to come back into the game again. Then I feel like I really like Redemption I Island. I think it's pretty clear that God doesn't want him to play Survivor. <laughs> I don't know, but he does. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I feel like God is really busy, probably with like Libya and the nuclear reactor in Japan and everything <laughs> else. But somehow, you know, Matt seems to be channeling something that's working for him or not. I don't know. At least, you know, he's yeah. still alive. He's still alive, which is better than you know being out somewhere else that's not in the game. Yeah. Well, Matt has a very realistic possibility to be the first person ever voted out of Survivor three times in one season. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be very, it's, very interesting. Now, when when do you guys think that he gets that he or whoever you know survives uh, Redemption Island last? When do, does that person get reintroduced into the game? When Boston Rob goes to Redemption Island. <laughs> that, that could be what production is waiting yes. for. Like, just in case uh, Boston Rob gets voted out, we don't think it'll happen, but just in case. Just in case. We yeah. got we to, gotta, you know, cover our ass here. Keep the options yeah. open. Keep the options open. Now, did you think after Matt or whoever won was to re-enter the game that Redemption Island would open up again? I was kind of surprised at this. I was a little surprised, but the season is called Redemption Island. I, so, I guess so if the show is Survivor Redemption Island, it, it would be tough to not have Redemption Island anymore. I guess so. I guess you're right there. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think so far, really interesting. We'll have to see how the last entry works and whether or not. I mean, there's you know, like uh, uh, Bobby uh, Bobby Mason right wrote a long uh, analysis on Redemption Island. I thought it was really, really good and. He brings up a lot of you know strong points about you know whether 
you know, not really playing the game and being in the game and fighting and dealing with all the social dynamics is quite the same as, you know, being out on Redemption Island, just kind of hanging out, not doing the social part of the game and having to win, you know, a puzzle challenge that lasts 10 minutes against, you know, uh, an opponent that may or may not be worthy, whether that's what the game is all about. You, you could make that argument. I think there's different ways of looking at it. And so far, I think good. But if it, if it really plays itself out that somebody actually ends up winning the entire thing because of the way things panned out in Redemption Island, I, I think it's you know going to be open to review as to how that all pans yeah. out. Well, let me uh, throw something out there for you. And you shoot this down or you tell me if it makes sense. I mean, how is being on Redemption Island the whole time different than somebody like Fabio, who was, from what we could see on TV, the most likable guy in the world, Mm -hmm. but not really a guy who had any sort of a finger on the pulse of what was happening strategically in the game. Couldn't he, for all intents and purposes, have just been on Redemption Island the whole time, come back at the end of the game and won at the jury? I think he might have been on Redemption Island, really. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's Matt. You're confused. I'm confused. You know, I hate to to sort of say cliche things, but when you you guys know as well as I do, when you look at this game, that anybody, I mean, so many different people can end up both in the final three and end up winning this game. It doesn't matter whether you have never won a single challenge your entire season, whether you're a woman, man, old, young, gay, straight, minority, uh, social player, strategic player. I mean, we have had every single type of person win this game. And the dynamics are always changing. And the way that people decide they're going to vote at the end always changes. And there's parts of it, no matter how strategic you may have been, as strategic as Sash was and as amazingly, you know, intelligent and smart in the way he played the game, there are just other elements that are out of your control that are going to come into play. So um, it's just an unpredictable game. You just, you just don't know. And, and anything can happen. So when I look at Fabio, I just say, you know, he was playing his own brand of game and it worked. And anybody that can bring on three immunity challenges at the very end and win them all, uh, you know, you know, in my book, deserves to win, and he played his own game. I think he was way smarter than anybody gave him credit to. He may not have been as tuned in, but I don't understand how you're Fabio or anybody else in this game, and you go to as many tribal councils as he did and never vote with a majority or often does not vote with the majority, and yet nobody ever casts like a single vote against Fabio until the very end of the game. And you guys know as well as I do that, you know, you don't vote with the majority, and you're typically your head's on the chopping block almost instantly when you re- return from tribal that night, right? Yeah. That's right, but I don't think anybody's ever played the game before with the excuse of like, man, I didn't know what you, who you guys were voting for. <laughs> I love, right? I, I, guess. I, I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah, how could you be mad at the guy? He didn't. He didn't you even didn't know. know. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know what the plan was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the best the defense I think at the at the final three was like it wasn't me that voted you guys out. Yeah, and everybody on the jury comes in with like a pitchfork, looking to you know uh, to like go after like uh, you know they want like a pound of flesh at that final tribal council, and and that's the, really the best argument you can make is it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though I was, do, it was true, and it was, and it was true. 
Yeah. I do have to say, I did think that he his final Tribal Council performance, I thought, was actually one of the better Tribal Council performances because I felt like he was, you know, uh, honest and and w- was, you know, tr- you know himself and right. looked like he was having fun where the I felt like the other two guys, like, uh, looked like they were miserable the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Fabio was very genuine and very himself and there was nothing that was contrived or or right. or otherwise you know and 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 sash as smart as he was and 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 as great of a player and i have nothing but respect for him you know it was difficult to not feel that it was contrived in terms of what he was proposing and 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 chase was chase and and he got his fair share of votes which is great but yeah fabio fabio just came through and uh I, yeah i have no regrets yeah. casting my vote for fabio yeah. Yeah. So just to reframe this, not to get too far into Survivor Nicaragua talk, uh, should Matt ever be able to stay in the game for more than three days at a time? <laughs> he still has a very good chance to win. Yeah, because he could use the same excuse. I didn't do it. <laughs> it I didn't vote you out. <laughs> it wasn't. If he's sitting up against Boston Rob at the end, yeah. I'm telling you, people will not vote for Boston Rob uh, after he know. put them all on the jury. Yeah. Once he starts screwing over his own alliance, those people are not going to be so quick to vote for him in the end. Yeah, I guess so. Totally. I mean, these are the dynamics, right, that we were just talking about a little while ago, that until we see how the whole thing pans out and how Redemption Island either, in a way, insulates you from all of the, all the vitriol and all the other uh, you know, aspects that the rest of the jury is going to have, you're you're kind of immune to all that because, you know, you've been off just surviving. You have nothing but a great story to tell about how you survived and gone up against one after another after another and survived and had the tenacity to stay in the game. And guess mm-hmm. what? You didn't screw over anybody in the process, and you'll have plenty of ammunition to talk about how you were screwed and how everybody on the jury was screwed over by whoever else is sitting next to you at the final three. This is something that I thought was one of the more interesting things about this week's episode was the relationship between Matt and Andrea, yeah. who they had a bit of a showmance early on in the game. Right. Then on Redemption Island, she saw another woman give him her bi- her Bible. Bible, which you don't do. Yes. You never want to, you, you know, do that. rule number one, you never want to <laughs> get caught getting another woman's Bible. Mm-hmm. In front, of, in front of your your main squeeze. No, that's uh, you know, that's tantamount to you know infidelity. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so he already had one strike against uh, him, and then he came back, and it looked like everything was going to be they back, got back together, back good with Andrea mm-hmm. and Matt. But then Andrea, who seems like she's very savvy in the game, uh-huh. as opposed to Matt. Once Matt speaks with Boston Rob and, and basically tells him all the plans, uh, it was like he was dead. He was dead to her uh, in her eyes. And then when Rob comes back with the plan of, hey, we're going to vote Matt out, you said, well, she's not really going to go along with the plan, and right? She did. And she did. And it turns out, lo and behold, she voted. She voted. She turned on Matt, too. Mm hmm. Well, wow. you know, I mean, as, as you guys know, in this game, anything and everything is up for grabs. Wow. And, any, and anything can change, you know, in the wink of an eye. And if Andrea's playing the game and she's thinking about her own self-preservation and she's making, you know, ostensibly looking at how the next chess move is going to go and the one after that and after that, she's starting to think about her own game. 
and probably banking on that at this point is not necessarily, you know, maybe her best bet, you know? Yeah. But was that, was that a mistake for her? I don't think so. Uh I mean, I mean, maybe it was, but I think she's very savvy. Mm -hmm. This, this Andrea, I agree because, uh, most of, Many of the female players that are on, on this show are, you know, are, are just there for the ride. They're not really there playing the game right. uh, with with a few notable exceptions. And I think that she is a very smart player, this Andrea. And mm-hmm. I think that she's still she was my pick before the season. Yes, and is. I still feel like she's my pick to sneak into that final three. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's interesting. I, I um I would not have picked her out of the get-go, and I haven't seen enough until probably this episode to have that inclination. I mean, I've, I've, I've had my eye on a couple of other players from the beginning, and Christina was my favorite just based on just pregame stuff. Uh, I just really, really liked her, and I thought she was gutsy, yeah. and she yeah, had a lot of other too. things going on, and I really I loved her and probably just age and everything else. I just absolutely uh, loved her. Uh, and then, and then Grant, I thought Grant, so those two guys in the beginning yeah. were the two people I was thinking about primarily. And then once the show really got up and going, I'm absolutely fixated on both Philip and Ralph, just because they're just <laughs> such, such good TV. I mean, I just, uh, yes. I love it. I just absolutely well, love those guys. Yeah. You brought up Christina and I have to say that Christina for me reminded, uh, me of you. Yes. Uh, yeah. th- this season and both and both of you guys I had very strong feelings for, from the yeah. start <laughs> and I said okay all right here we go this is somebody who knows how to play the game but it's almost like you know being so out there of here's somebody who knows how to play the game it seems like that is something that is hurting people on Survivor I know and when I and when I saw her play and when I saw her play and a couple of other people that's when I saw things that people were doing that, oh my God, I did those same things. And at the time I thought, and plus we don't know, right? I mean, I always preface everything I say because we know that everything gets edited and, and people are so easy to jump when you read on Facebook and everything else, people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you did X, Y, Z. And you're like, well, you didn't know that X, Y, Z happened. It doesn't even get shown, right? So I can never, ever critique, but just you know, watching, you know, things about the idol and other things. You're like, oh, why did you do that? And then you're like, I was doing the same crap, you know, but you're, you're, you're moved by different things that are happening at the game at that time that nobody can second guess you on. But I did actually, I think I did see some of, of me and her or vice versa. And I kind of just related to her and I just kind of liked her, her ballsy outspoken style. Yeah. And Marty, you should know by now the people on Facebook know everything. They're the experts, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yes, abso- absolutely. Uh, so, Marty, it, has it bothered you at all that it seems like uh, where in your season where things got screwed up for you was where they switched up the tribes, but it seems like your season was the only season in, uh, I'm trying to remember the, the time before that that they mixed up the tribes because there's no no switch on Survivor 22. Right. There was no switch on Survivor 20. There was no switch on Survivor 19. I don't think there was a switch on 18. Now we're getting back too far, too far where back I can't, me, yeah. can't remember. <laughs> I think they switched it up on Gabon on 17. Gaboner. But you're, you're the only season out of the last five where they switched up the tribes. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I think in part, and I, I have no idea what they were thinking, uh, but my guess would be that, you know, we were the, the young versus old maybe wasn't working or maybe they anticipated that it wouldn't, you know, that maybe the, the old would get decimated and it would be, you know, then there'd just be a very predictable route by the younger people. And that just would not make for a very interesting or appealing season. And we had talked about it and anticipated, you know, how long can this go on? We, you know, we, we thought about it. I mean, I think I told you guys before was, you know, Jill and I talked about it, that that's the only reason I even had the idol at a, uh, at a challenge that was not an immunity challenge. In other words, you know, I brought it to a regular old challenge and Jill and I talked about it because we knew that something exactly like the switch would happen. And if I left it back at camp, I would lose that idol. So we were anticipating right. it. And it just ended up being, yeah, I mean, it's, it's everyone from probes to everyone that, that talked to me about it later said, you know, yeah, I mean, it's the luck of the draw and that stuff happens. I, I have no ill feelings whatsoever. I really do believe that these are just, this is part of the game. That's, that's what happened. But that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. So tell me this, Marty. Tell me, what do you think was the crazier thing that happened? Do you think it's crazier that the Boston Rob did not even consider playing his idol Mm -hmm. and you're somebody who knows a a thing or two about when is the right time to be playing the idol uh boston rob does not even contemplate playing the idol (laughs) or the fact that the zapatera tribe doesn't didn't even try to vote for rob so I think they're, um, you know, in in uh, in defense of Rob. I mean, I think he's he's an incredible player, right? And and just instincts are everything in this game, or a huge part of it, and the ability mm-hmm. to adapt. Um, and whatever was shown and whatever was not shown clearly led him to believe that something was going on, and whether it was at the last minute or whether it was predetermined. For me. Uh, my decision not to play that idol that night was, had, you know, there was a number of different factors, but a lot of it was gut feel based on just weird things that were going on. Brenda came on too strong, the way things were said, the way it was getting set up. I just went with a gut instinct. And I could have easily have been wrong, but but I, I think that, you know, you got to give credit to Rob, and I would say, hey, that's, uh, that's how he saw it coming, and he did the smart thing, and he did the right thing, and it could have gone the other way around. I, I am surprised that they didn't go after Rob that that is absolutely I I would have expected it almost immediately after the merge that that would be the number one agenda especially given you know how they felt about Russell and wouldn't that be consistent Mm -hmm. that they saw him as a big threat and as a leadership um but then again these guys are all about reducing you know uh strong players and I would say that, you know, thanks to Grant, they've been winning a ton of challenges without Grant. They probably wouldn't have won half of those challenges. So, uh, you know, that's the other way to go. So it's it's a toss. You know, going back to uh, a tribe switch versus not a tribe switch, where that starts to really have ramifications is in a season where there's a tribe switch, you have once the merge happens, you know, the alliances definitely become uh, intermingled very quickly. Like you had on, on your season, you had people like, uh, like Jane's in an alliance with chase. And it wasn't like, you know, Oh, the original, the original 
older tribe versus the original younger right, tribe come the merge. But in these seasons where there is no switch pre-merge, now we have like much like this season a very distinct lines between the this is our tribe and we're still voting with our tribe and this is our this is our tribe we're still voting for our tribe. And we're sleeping under the tarp. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Which do you think is more interesting uh, for the drama of the show? Well, you always hope that there's going to be an outlier, somebody that's either uncomfortable or feels that they're on the bottom of the totem pole within the hierarchy of either tribe that suddenly becomes a strategic swing vote or orchestrates a blind side or decides to go. I find that really, really exciting and intriguing. And I thought Mm -hmm. they're going in episode that maybe you know clearly there could have been a defection with matt or or right. another player for that matter you know and this was this is why the merge is always so exciting right because you're always anticipating like holy cow you know like this is where fireworks happen this is where clash of the titans yeah. and it's just great because it mixes up the whole game so that's that's what i typically look forward to i think we had i, I think we had quite a bit of it in in nicaragua in our season and that's what you always look for and maybe Maybe we don't think that that happened tonight, but it, it's going to happen, and I think the next couple episodes are going to be great because of that. Yeah. I think David is going to be that one person that's going to switch because he, um, during Tribal Council, he was completely amazed at what Boston Rob did with the with the voting tonight by voting out Matt. He was like, that's absolutely genius. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I had my eye on David, too, and then just in the last couple episodes, I started getting a little worried just because mm-hmm. – I, I know enough to know, you know, again, you know, sort of looking at how I played the game and would I ever play it differently. Um, mm-hmm. You can really have a lot of fun with the game, and that involves being outspoken at tribal. It, you know, it means being at times very opinionated, even within your tribe in and in, in an open way. But as soon as you do that, you become such an immediate target. And I don't know if it's just yeah. the edit edit or what it is with Grant, for example, but he's obviously playing a very low-key, under-the-radar kind of game, or at least that's what we're getting. And David, suddenly in the last two episodes, you know, when he went so strong with Sarita, et cetera, I was like, oh, geez, you know, this guy is so smart, and yet here he is. You know, anytime you go out on a limb like that, you're you're suddenly, you're going to attract, you know, the predators. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you something, and this is more of a hypothetical uh, you were talking about how people play the game. Do you believe that people can change how they play the game? Like, do you think that one person could really play the game that much differently from one time to the next? Or do you think it's just they're playing the same game, but the circumstances are just are more conducive to that game succeeding? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that question is such a great question. Um, I have spent and I sound like such a survivor geek when I say this and like <laughs> I, I have to get a life or something, but, um, yeah, so do we. <laughs> um, you know, I, I do, I spend a lot of time thinking, you know, typically when I'm falling asleep or waking up or whatever, you know, what if scenarios, if I were to play this game again, you know, is it possible to play it differently? It's exactly what you just said. In other words, you know, I had a lot of fun playing the game the way I did. And, um, boy, it's just so hard to change your personality and to change the way you approach the game. But can you get farther in the game and actually make it to final three, maybe even win the whole thing if you made a real conscious effort to play a different style and a different brand of game and try to take some learnings from the first time that you played it? And I really, I go back and forth on it. I would like to think that maybe I'm smart enough to do that, that I have enough self-control 
but I think until you're in the thick of it and you assess everybody and what's happening and what's going on, it's it's almost drug-like. I mean, you might just not be able to hold back. It's where I mm-hmm. kind of – that's where I sort of end up, to be honest. Yeah, I land in the same place. I don't think you really – I think you could maybe handle certain situations better or worse. But at the end of the day, I think every person who's ever come back mm-hmm. is pretty much playing the same game as they were. Maybe, you know, maybe sometimes they people have grown a little bit between times, right. especially when there's a long uh, – t- d- uh, like, for instance, Boston Rob on Survivor 8 – until Survivor 20. I think Boston Rob grows as a person. Yes. But in essence, I, he's still playing the same game he still that has he's always played. the same Survivor DNA. Yeah, and I think that's... I don't think you could cha- really, really change the way you, you play yeah. the game. Mm-hmm. No, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I think you, your, your comment is spot on because as a person, he's married, he's become a father. There's some major life changes some growth, going on yeah. that... that, that change the way you approach problem solving and everything else and the way you deal with people. And, and that can clearly be reflected in the way you approach the game as well. You know? Mm-hmm. And I even think that some of the things that happened on survivor all stars, like with uh, Lex and all this stuff, like I think he became more of a heel because of the circumstances that he was in of betraying somebody he, who he was good friends with. And if he was on a season with other people, uh, it doesn't exactly play out that way. It's not exactly the same thing. But it it does feel like, you know, this is, you know, he has his core group, mm-hmm. just like on Survivor All-Stars. And he's going to screw he's them gonna, over. Yeah, and just, you know, he's going to make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then one by one, they're going to get screwed over, just like Matt has had happen to him twice. Yeah. Yeah, so true, guys. It's totally true. Yeah. Uh what do you make of Philip? We haven't really yes, talked about Philip. Philip didn't really have much to do this week. The only th- the only real excitement for Philip was David said something at tribal council. I'm not even sure what David said. And, and Nicole, could you recap what what did Philip say? I'm not really sure what he said. I couldn't really follow. He was it saying was, <laughs> it was so it was a bit out there. Something about there's a stench coming off of him. It and was I, parasitic, and, and I couldn't tell if he was being like metaphorical or if he was actually saying that David smells not that great, but it's, it's he, hard to tell. He sort of went on into like a, a rant. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was really the it was only another Philip rant. He but, did have a good one also. But here, the thing about Philip is he's so schizophrenic that every other week uh-huh. he's like that. I am against Boston Rob, yes. Boston Rob. He screwed me for the last time. And now this week he's like, you know he's, what? I'm back with Boston Rob. He's all in every other week. He's either, he's all with Boston Rob or he hates Boston Rob and he's going to try to screw him over. Mm-hmm. But this it's, week, it's why it's so priceless. It's it's exactly why it's so priceless. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so beautiful. I mean, I, I from, from like the first episode, I was like, Oh my God, this is going to be, unbelievable uh and and it is and it has uh continued to be that way um i you know you can't help and you guys have seen uh the different uh comments both by probes and and uh something fishback uh wrote up this week you know with uh coach and philip um uh, i still 
feel that coach is in a completely different class than to himself and that this is uh, <laughs> almost like a coach uh, knockoff, if you will. But for not as far mm-hmm. as knockoffs go, it's a, yes. it's a damn good knockoff. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so entertaining. <laughs> and, 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 and who knows where the editing goes on? I mean, this, you know, if this guy continues to ride it, I mean, I'm so all over this guy. And, and, and I think as coach said in Fishback's area, I want to give him a hug. I want to meet this guy and say, really? Like seriously, really, Philip? I mean, I just, I think it's brilliant. I think it's, uh, I think it's just, it, it's, it's perfect. I, I think it was a great, great casting move, and I think, it, and I think it's working. And it, the beauty of it is, again, you know, whether it's an Ayanka or a Philip or whatever, is that people like this hang in there and keep going. It's just, it's staggering. It, it's you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. It certainly is, you know, you make the case where somebody like yourself who people identify right away, this guy knows how to play the game. Uh-huh. And Sorry. now you have a goof like Philip in no danger whatsoever now at this point in yeah, time. Yeah, keep the crazy guy. Now he's almost locked in to go to the final five with yes, Boston Rob. Absolutely. Because he doesn't seem to really have. He's not a threat. He's not He's not a threat. Of, of anything. This week. <laughs> yeah. But you never know. He, it's like he's not. He's not. And even like you know, it, when you think about it, I think in the very ver- very early first rounds of a season, you're at risk of maybe getting voted out if you're very weak or if you're just so freaking annoying that people can't take you and and everybody doesn't care because it's like, hey, anybody but me, right? In the very very beginning, right. and if you make it over that hump and you become someone like a Philip then the chances of you're getting voted off go down dramatically as opposed to in the very beginning of the game. So somebody like Jimmy Tarantino, if he hadn't been, you know, he had other qualities that really got on people's nerves, you know, this real drive to want to be a leader and to do all that stuff. But all the other qualities about Jimmy that kind of drove people crazy, everyone could have lived with that. I could have lived with that. I, you know, I found it humorous and amongst all the other things that you were enduring out there, it was like, okay, big deal. Okay. This guy's going to sing all night, whatever, you know, but you know, I actually, kind of liked him and he could have grown on me and, and everyone could have sucked it up. So I, I think if you get, if you're like a Philip and you get through the first two or three episodes and you're out of golden. jeopardy, then I think you're totally right. I think you're golden. Yeah. Yeah. Now tonight, Ralph played the idol mm-hmm. and he said that I'm playing the idol and this is for Steve. This is for Mike. Oh, uh, for, for Mike. Matt, Matt. No, Mike, you're right. For I'm Mike. Sorry. And ultimately Mike didn't get any votes. So Ralph's idol. Now does, is that, it for having two idols or do you think is there another clue now put into circulation so that there's two immunity idols that float around after the merge uh i would imagine there's definitely going to be another clue i mean i, I sort of Ooh. feel on yeah I, I feel on some level you know and, and again i'm not banging I, I can't wait to meet this cast because we were all on the same beaches and you know, it's great to meet other survivors, but to meet survivors that, you know, actually competed and lived on the same beach you did, it's kind of, it's kind of funky and weird. I can't wait to hear how bad it was for them or how, you know, how hungry they were there and how much the food sucked and or lack of food and who got sick on what, all that cool stuff. But, you know, when you think about the fact that, uh, the idols, in my opinion, frankly, and, and I'm not dissing this year, you know, this, this season, but, I kind of reminds me of when I used to hide, you know, Easter eggs for like my four and five year olds. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, it was like, okay, getting warmer, getting warmer. I mean, because the idols that we had, unless you had a very, very specific clue that literally gave you like 
coordinates, tangents, steps, depth, everything. There's no way on God's earth you would find them. I mean, they were buried under the ground in absolutely nondescript areas with nothing there. You needed, you, you could not have just walked around and found an idol in a log or under some rocks or in a tree, period. Never right. would have happened. So um, I have a feeling that, uh, that we will see another idol. That's, that's what I think. Yeah. yeah, this is a good point, because I remember after Heroes vs. Villains that Jeff Probst came out and said, oh, the idols, they're too easy to find. So we're going to make it much harder now mm-hmm. to find the idols. Then Survivor Nicaragua comes around. Did any idols end up being played? Like, I know you had your idol, then you gave it to Sash. Sash. He never yeah, played none. it. Mm-hmm. Nayanka had the other idol. She never played it. Uh-huh. And then it was like, we got to get these idols ba- back in circulation. Well, Boston Robin and uh, Russell are here. We got to make it easy. <laughs> right. And well, it so weird. it was kind of weird in our season two because the mentality was just, um, I don't even know that it was that much strategic, but I got to tell you, people were so freaked out about an idol even being available or somebody finding an additional idol. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but when, when I actually agreed to give Sash the idol at the following tribal council, even though I wasn't voted out, they still split the votes down the middle with me because they thought I might've had yet another idol. I mean, this is Mm -hmm. how fixated and how afraid people were of the idols and nobody wanted to play idols. Because as a defensive maneuver, because of the fear of another idol coming back into play and who might get that idol. That was that was a lot of the mentality, which is kind of a little weird and counterintuitive and very, very defensive. I, I would much rather see people play the idols, create some drama, do some blindsides, switch it up at tribal, and then and then some yeah, there's gonna be another, you know, idol and who's gonna get it? Marty, I, I gotta say, I'm starting to get a little worried about this season because this was fun. This was a great episode tonight this with with episode. Matt, uh, all the drama with Matt, and uh, I'm starting to feel like uh, you know what? This might just be Boston Rob's tribe picking off the other tribe for the next four or five weeks. Yeah, and they're like ha- just handing him a victory. This, this might get a little boring. I'm yeah. worried. Uh, I'm worried too. I'm I'm hoping that that's not the case. I'm. Uh... You know, I I will hold out that something dramatic might happen, but I do I, I share your concern that that could be very very likely, and and for many of the contestants right now, that might be the safe way to go. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think David is gonna is gonna mix it up. I really do. I'm I'm gonna say it that David is gonna but, mix it up and make it a little exciting. But how? In what way? Can I don't he, know. I think he's, he's in the minor. If he was in the majority alliance. And then, and he was trying to cut a better deal. Uh-huh. I could see how he could make it interesting, but he is in the, he's on the wrong end of the equation he to might, make he a might, difference. He may not be successful, but I think that he's going to, he's going to make it a little bit more exciting. I mean, if he could potentially sway Andrea and Philip to vote with the remaining Zapatera, mm-hmm. but for the people that would switch for right. Andrea and for Philip. They wouldn't necessarily be getting a better deal to go and vote with Zapatera. They it's almost like bottom, it, bottom of the total yeah. poll, right? It, yeah. It's almost like if they get down to seven, and then if it just David was the only one left, then mm-hmm. he could say somehow to Andrea and Philip and maybe you know one of the, one of these other people there and say, "Hey, look, the four of us. Let's be a new four. Let's vote out Rob." Yeah. He could do something there, but right now. It, yeah. Not in a great position to flip it around. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. 
You didn't read the spoilers, did you? you <laughs> I did not inside read the information, spoilers. Nicole? I did predict Fabio last season, but I did not read the spoilers. Yeah, can you believe that, Marty? Nicole picked Fabio from before the, the season yeah. started. Did you really, Nicole? You picked Fabio from the get-go? I did. Right before the season started, we looked at the uh, the bios, and I said, this guy's going to win. And I said, you idiot. This guy <laughs> is not going to win. L- listen to him talk. Yep, and look look who was right, as always. Yeah. Wow, I still think I, wow. I, that's, that's really interesting. I don't know. If I had looked at my season, I don't know who the heck I would have. Um, I don't know who I would have picked. I mean, I, I maybe I would have looked hard at Brenda, but I don't know uh-huh. that even in Brenda's pregame stuff, whether it came across how shrewd, smart, and competitive she was. You know, I don't, I'm not yeah. so sure that it did in her pregame interviews did, yeah. and stuff. You know, I mean, I would have probably looked at her. Um, I don't know who else I would have looked at on our on our tribe as as yeah. a potential winner of the whole thing. To be honest, I can't. It, it, it's impossible. I mean, I looked at this <laughs> at this whole cast actually, and I didn't think. When I look and I watched pretty much all of them, I didn't think there was a single person in the whole thing that was a true kind of survivor game person that really studied the game or loved the game. I didn't. I didn't. Did you guys get that from anybody, or if so, who who came across that way on this season? Well, yeah. I said Christina. Yeah, I we, wa- Christina. we watched her yeah. pregame interviews, and she's talking about how determined she is, and how they're yeah. going to have to cut her arm off if, her, if if she gets injured. Yeah, and we said she's good, but uh, I wonder if that's going to rub people the wrong way that she wants to play the game so hard. Yeah, and that's what yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah, she was the she was the only one, but the rest of them, I thought they were all interesting and great characters and everything else. But it's it's really hard to tell even from those things. But I didn't get the impression like okay, this person has really watched the game, loves the game, is going to come in and play the game hard, you know, and and, and, and gets it. So uh, it's always fun. It, it doesn't matter. I love it. Yeah. yeah, I think we had a hard time really picking a winner. I don't think that – well, you picked Andrea. Yeah. But you weren't really sold on her in the beginning. I wasn't sold on her in the beginning, but I felt like that that Boston Rob's tribe was going to dominate. I felt like, and I felt like the the he likes to bring the girls to the end. Right. And I said, okay, I'm going to pick one of these three Just girls. Knowing how, he and this is, is the yeah. one that sounds the smartest. Yeah, that was okay. my that was my logic on Andrea. Yeah, and it's looked like a good pick so far. So far, so good. Okay, now Marty, here's something I, I want to throw out there. You tell me if this is a stretch. So tonight we had Boston Rob, uh, he was kind of watching as Matt was doing a little bit of a Bible study with Mike and with Andrea, and they were going through the Bible and, and reading it and all bonding over the Bible. And I wanted to make the comparison on your season to people bonding over North Carolina. <laughs> now... <laughs> And 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 frankly, I bet most most people who bond over North Carolina also probably bond about the, the Bible, Bible too. Uh, cool. So how how big of a deal is that when people find a common interest mm-hmm. uh, on it's Survivor, huge. and how it's hard of a thing to huge. break that up? It's yeah. huge, man. I totally agree. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's bible or whether it's regional geographic or you know demographic or whatever it is but i was always looking at that and you know jane certainly brought that with chase and it was huge and anytime you see anybody that's bonding over anything and and jimmy johnson was doing it because there was a southern thing between him and jane and and then you know holly had a real sort of country thing going and really fell into his uh sort of mentorship and coaching when he helped her and and you are a 
acutely aware of anything that's bringing people together. And that's, that's ultimately what happens. I mean, you know, my philosophy was especially um, when it came to the sort of disparate minorities in the group, the ones that were outliers that were not necessarily aligned, you know, with the strength of the majority was you always had to be really keenly aware of not letting them sort of like those games where, you know, the units start to come together and stick together. And all of a sudden it's like this big thing and nobody realized it. And overnight you have like a Jane, a chase and a Holly and, and nobody was thinking about it. And then all of a sudden overnight, it's like, Holy crap, these guys are actually calling the shots, you know, which is sort of where Sash and Brenda ended up when I got voted out. It was like, they had to appease Holly and Jane all of a sudden. It's like, Holy crap, well, Holly and Jane, like why, you know? And, <laughs> You are right. walking out to that all the time, whether it's religion or whether it's everybody singing along with Chase's, you know, country music. I mean, all those things would make me uncomfortable because you're seeing people <laughs> establish bonds, you know, and mm-hmm. you don't want that to happen. Yeah. Chase's music makes me a little uncomfortable, too. Uh, yeah, trust me. I mean, if you watch me even at the finale, I was not clapping along. And... Uh, <laughs> And when we were out there on Nicaragua, there was more than one evening where he had big campfire sing-alongs, and I'm, like, camped out in the back shelter thinking, oh, God, this is just not good for me. It's not uh, good. Sing-alongs. <laughs> well, uh, Marty, we had some questions that we got from the Rob Has a Podcast uh, Facebook fan page. We like to tell people who's coming on. We actually got a lot of questions from our listeners, uh, the stuff that they wanted to ask you. So uh, do you mind if we fire away on some of these? Absolutely not. It's my pleasure. Okay, here we go. Here's uh, Everett Hopfner wants to know, uh, who would Marty give the Dumber Than a Bag of Hammers award this season? <laughs> uh, Has somebody earned that yet? God, uh, this season... Um... Uh, I would have to probably be one of the two beauty gals. I hate to pinpoint anybody. If when I was a real diplomat, I would refuse to answer that question. But um, probably one of the two gals. It was one of the two Boston followers, and I'm pre- I'm uh, I'm not coming up with their names right this second. But uh, you yeah, know Natalie and Ashley. About. Yeah, Natalie yeah. and Ashley. So. I mean, before the season, clearly, and the whole edit and everything on Ralph is to make him look like he would be the dumber than a bag of hammers. But I, you know. I think he's way smarter than he lets on, and he may not know what cohesive means, but it doesn't matter. He's got a lot more gain going on that's relevant to being successful in Survivor, so um, he can be, you know, uh, he can be smart in his own way in, in such a way that it really benefits his game. So um, I, I would certainly not put him in that category. But you know, if I had to give somebody to it, it was just a lot easier to do it. Uh, with Chase, just given the circumstances of where I was at the time. Okay. Uh, Daniel House wants to know, uh, ask Marty if he would play chess with Special Agent Shepard. Question mark. (laughs) Yes, would you play a game of chess against Philip? I would give anything to play chess against (laughs) Philip, absolutely. I think he would lose, but I would absolutely, I I would jump at the chance. Now, I know you told Fabio you gave him the name of a tennis player and told him that uh, th- that was a chess grandmaster that you beat. Now, do you actually play chess? Uh, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly uh, not by any stretch of the imagination uh, an incredible player, but I love playing chess. I play chess you know, often, but uh, not, not in, in that category. I'm sure that Fabio didn't even know. <laughs> what a chess grandmaster was and the fact that I said, you know, I had beaten Guillermo Villas, who was like a French open, you know, tennis champion from Argentina just was, it was just good comedy at the time. 
Does that mean that you also play tennis? I do play tennis, and again, oh. I'm a hack, but I love playing tennis <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm the same way about Survivor, also. <laughs> uh, uh, Elizabeth Divine Reed says, uh, "Did Marty's time on Survivor have a long-term impact on his hair, good or bad?" Um, it has had a long-term effect on my hair. Other than when I got back from Nicaragua, my hair had turned like brown. Like I don't know if it was like. E. coli, sand, Yikes. disgusting, I don't know what. And then it went back to its uh, elegant uh, silver and gray that I've got now. <laughs> and I, I kind of long to have it, you know, go back to that spiky look. But, uh, you know, unless I get asked back, that's probably not going to happen. Okay. Well, we'll have to, if you are a fan of Marty's spiky hair, keep your fingers crossed. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so... And if you're a fan of Mark, uh, of Marty's silky hair, then yeah. then uh, keep your fingers crossed the other way. The brown silky hair. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Brooks Stowoff wants to know, uh, ask Marty if he has any crazy Jane stories that did not make it through editing and his opinion on both Jane in general and her edit on the show. And has it changed? Mm-hmm. I'll add that. Uh, no, it hasn't changed. And the weird thing is, and you, and you guys know this, I mean, you know, I love, I, I, I mean, love. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could say love, uh, and I don't mean that to sound cliche. Everyone on our cast is you're a select group of people that got to go through this experience. We went through it together. It is a game. Right. And at the end of the day, you know, whatever happens, happens. And, you know, even with Nayanka, I mean, it's not like Nayanka and I talk on the phone every other week, but uh, you know, I, I like Nayanka. I have nothing against her. My, my biggest beef with Jane and remains with Jane is the fact that, you know, she talked about my kids on national TV and she talked about me as a father, which she had obviously no idea who I am as father and, and never, you know, said, Hey, at the end of the season, I'm sorry about that. You know, it, and, and it's no big deal. And I'm, I'm actually fairly cordial with her and I've done her a few favors since the, you know, the show's been over and, and getting her stuff that she wouldn't have been able to get on her own, you know, from Ooh, anything from cast so. pictures to DVDs or stuff like that. I mean, you know, I've, so it's not like, you know, oh, yeah, I have some terrible vindictive hatred. But uh, I just thought that was kind of classless and it would have been everything would have been fine between me and Jane if she just said, hey, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that was probably out of bounds. And I'm sorry about that. So she never did. And so I'll still hold a grudge against her. And no, I mean, I think the only thing was before the game started, I remember the last time that I met with Burnett and Probst, um before the game started and I was like, my God, you have assembled, I don't know where you got these people. I told them they're, they appear to me to be some of the most annoying people I've ever seen in my life. And these guys were laughing and I, and we, we, we couldn't speak to each other. So we didn't know who we were or anything, but just by the nature of what people were wearing and what they were doing. And I kid you not, I am not exaggerating, but we're all sitting on a very small patio for like three days in the sun. Yeah. You know, just mingling amongst each other without being able to speak. And half the time, Jane is either belching or farting, you know, like, oh, like crazy. Like, Jane. I'm telling, and I'm not joking, I'm not just making this up to be <laughs> but that was the case. And I said this to Burnett and Probst, and I was like, she just farted, like just now, you know. And Burnett asked me, audibly? And I said, yes, audibly. How would I, you know? And, and so, you know, I. And that was kind of gross about her. And it went on, you know, after at Ponderosa and everything else and happened, we were like, Jane, my God, please, dear God. I mean, so 
Anyway, kind of, uh, <laughs> kind of, uh, kind of, it's a little too much uh, to know about her. Yeah. yeah it's probably oh, more than anybody needs to know, but it is true. <laughs> I bet it is. Okay, so David Vulcan wants to know what you thought about Boston Rob pulling a sash and asking for the idol and doing it at Tribal Council. I'm sorry, can you repeat that, Nicole? What? Uh, he's, uh, David Vulcan wants to know what you thought of Boston Rob pulling a sash and asking oh. for the idol. Back oh, at the okay. first Tribal yeah. Council. Okay, with Christina, yeah. So um, I, think that, uh, I think that was cool and it was different because I think it was more of a statement. I mean, I thought it was almost more rhetorical uh mm-hmm. but it, it really said a lot about rob i think it made a great impact on that episode and i think that it was i thought it was very cool i think it was very different than the exchange that sash and i had over oh, over the idol and you know there was an actual you know almost contractual agreement around it and whatnot and that was sort of on the spot off the cuff um i i thought that was just a great move very different yeah. though all right Joe Hedrick wants to know, uh, ask Marty if he would have voted for Dan in the finals had he been there with Chase and Sash. So it's Chase, Sash, and Dan in the finals. Do you vote for Dan there? Oh, man, I hate that question. That's a really hard question. Um, You know, I I would not have voted for Chase, that's for sure. Here, I'll I'll be Dan. Hey. Marty, yeah. give me the money. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I got my new shoes. <laughs> oh, Come I on. Just, Dan, Dan's just got a, such a special place in my heart. I just, I love the guy. <laughs> I really, really bonded with him. He was such a loyal goomba. I mean, and we protected <laughs> each other. We had each other's back. And in this game, that's, that's everything, right? But then again, you know, I absolutely respect Sash, you know, amongst all players for just being that, you know, utmost gamer, strategic, smart player that I, I love I loved to see play the game. So it would have been really, really hard. I, I don't know that I could answer that question unless I was literally on the spot and, and, and had more data on how they voted leading up to that. I, I, yeah. I really can't. Wow. Okay. Well, Marty, you, uh, yeah, you, don't, you don't just make decisions uh, willy-nilly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you guys know. I mean, you know, listen, we ended up voting for Fabio, or, or many of us did, and 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 this could get into a deep, deep philosophical conversation about, you know, outwit, outplay, outlast, and and at the end of the day, guess what? You know, I mean, I think people still vote on emotional uh, level as well, and people still feel that they may have gotten screwed, and it doesn't matter, you know, that Sash maybe was the smartest, most strategic player, and perhaps he did mostly outwit, outplay, and outlast everybody, but if there's a number of people that felt that they were, you know, maligned or, 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 or knocked out in a way that they didn't like or feel comfortable, then guess what? They're going to vote that way. So yeah. uh, more goes into this game than just being, you know, a completely, you know, uh, no passion whatsoever, no emotion, and everyone's going to be pragmatic in their voting. Unfortunately, that's not how it goes. Okay, so Alex Forstenhausler wants to know, uh, Marty was the best part of the worst season in Survivor history. In episode, uh, is that a, is that a compliment? Are you ha- are you it's happy like to be the be- the best part of the worst season in Survivor history? Yeah, let me know. Let me know where I need to send a check. You know that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in episode six, what went through his mind during the tribal council when he chose not to play the idol? And I remember watching this and uh, just uh, I couldn't believe. When you didn't play the idol, mm-hmm. and uh, I couldn't believe that they vo- that they really hated that Kelly Bruno. 
Yeah. Yes. So there's that whole part of it. Um, why did they Why did they feel so fixated on on elements that had originally been part of a divided tribe? Uh, and then the other half of it is, for me, it was possibly the most excruciating uh, half hour, or whatever, as most people know, you know, between the voting and then the actual reading of the votes is, can take quite a while. And you're sitting there stewing in, you know, with your own decision that you're about to make when Jeff comes back. And I had so many different variables to weigh between facial expressions, comments that were made at the last moment before we marched off to tribal to, you know, the inflection in Brenda's voice and the approach that she used during tribal and trying to really make sense of all this and determine whether I was safe or not and, and roll the die. And it was, it was the most gut wrenching decision I made of the whole season at the same time, extremely rewarding. Thank God. Yeah. uh, Afterwards. Yeah. I hear that. Uh, let me see. Oh, (laughs) Uh, let me do one, one or two more. Uh, Sam Liardi wants to know, uh, ask Marty what it was like to play the game of Survivor with the first ever mute to appear <laughs> on Survivor, Purple Kelly. What was that like? Um, so Purple Kelly is like having your little sister on the season. I mean, she's just the nicest person and, and great to get along with. My, my guess, again, I have nothing to indicate that this is what CBS ever said or done or whatever, but I think in part the quitting uh, of Purple Kelly ended up affecting dramatically her edit. I, w- I would right. take a stab and a guess and saying, you know what, that's that's what you get, right? You're you're a quitter, and we're we're not going to feature you this season. You know, Nayanka, there's no way the network, you know, they, you can't <laughs> not get away with go that. <laughs> yeah, you cannot right. do that. But I think that's that's what kind of ended up happening with with Purple. And and frankly, you know, she was more of a silent player truly with with most of the folks that she was aligning with making the decision so i don't think that any, anything that would have formed a real strong part of the storyline was omitted let's, let's just put it that way i guess yeah my sense about purple kelly is i don't think that she's a mute at all i would imagine if you spend a lot of time with purple kelly she doesn't ever stop talking she just doesn't say anything interesting oh is it was that a fair assessment uh, that's probably a little overly harsh. I mean, I think she's definitely a talker. That's wrong. She, <laughs> she has a lot to say. She is. She's cute. She's funny. She's. Uh, I mean, she's super nice. I mean, really, really um, fun to be around. She's. She's. She's great. But uh, yeah, was was there enough to really create a, a storyline around you know where she was taking her game? Probably not. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Marty Beats sense. wants to know, is it true that the bad blood between Marty and Jane was the result of a showmance between them the first week that went sour? Oh, was that, is that true? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Busted. Gross. <laughs> I just lost my appetite. Oh. Did you just vomit? Terrible. <laughs> I, just had, I just had a little something come up in my mouth there. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were pretty spot on on Jane in predicting the um, the contestants last season when we said she was going to be crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's not there's not enough things to say about Jane. We we don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> and then a lot of these other questions we uh, we somewhat covered. Uh, McKay Lasco wants to know: You have to ask Marty what he called his hairstyle. It was so outrageous before he got voted off. He has to have given it a name. 
You know, I, I never gave it a name. I mean, people just, uh, the, my fellow contestants would make comments about it, but it was really, my hair is super, super straight. And when you're out there, there's no, you know, there's nothing to wash your hair. So all you have is like salt and sand and grit and grime and sweat and all this stuff in your hair and with really straight hair and the buff acting as sort of just throwing my hair straight up. That's just the way it went. And, uh, I just, uh, I rolled with it. It was better to have it that way than any other way. So no name. I mean, I've gotten spike a lot. Uh, that's the only name that I've been given or that the hairdo has been given is just spike. No, yeah. That's a good name. All right. Well, good, good stuff, Marty. Let me put you on the spot real quick. Who is going to win Redemption Island? Uh, give me give me a winner on April 6th. I'm going to go with Grant. Ooh. Oh, good one. So you say he goes with Boston Rob until the end. And, and then Grant takes it home. And then uh, people vote for... So Boston Rob is in the final three in that scenario? Yeah, it possibly, although I don't know. I mean, I really, I, you know, I, I thought that Rob was going to be fighting for his life in an immediate post-merge situation, but as we saw tonight, you know, that, that may not be the case. So yeah. um, I think he's definitely final five for sure. Yeah. I just don't think that Grant has gotten the edit to make me think that he's uh, he's not on my radar as somebody so I'm looking at. Who as do the- you think is getting the edit? Uh, I like Andrea. I feel like Andrea's getting that very positive uh, sort of Natalie White kind of edit. Yeah, I could see it. But maybe I'm reading too much into things. Yeah, you guys know almost so much better than I do. I was talking to a couple of people tonight that are just so well-versed and really, really doing a deep dive on the edits and and making a lot of, uh, you know, both judgments, assessments, and predictions based on the edits and I just sort of feel like, you know, the edits can always be just purely intended to mislead you. And I keep saying, you know, hey, Grant hasn't gotten much of an edit because guess what? Maybe they're going to, you know, maybe he comes on strong. They're doing that on purpose because they're going to bring it on strong at the end. And they're trying to downplay him now so that everyone says, oh, he's not getting an edit. He's probably going to get booted. He's not going to be a force to be reckoned with. And part of me says, I don't know, they're bringing up all these other people and then maybe, you know, to lead you to believe that they're not going to. I I don't watch any other reality shows, but I happened to have watched The Apprentice this week just because I was interested in seeing, you know, what Richard Hatch was going to do on the show. And it it was a a long freaking show. I mean, it's like two hours. Two hours. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, I could barely keep my eyes open, but they edited the heck out of that thing. I mean, they led you to believe, oh, my God, the guys are going to crush the women, and they're going to do this and that, and they're going to yeah. go out, he's going to go out, and, oh, it's going to look like Meatloaf is definitely going to get his ass handed to him, and then, and then poor Richard Hatch gets booed. You know, so yeah. I just think that the edit, you know, I, I, I just always say I, I'm not going to I'm not gonna bet on the edit. I'm just going to, you know, take a look at the individual. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Marty, thank you so much for coming on with us. Uh, I really appreciate you, uh, you giving us uh, so much of your time and uh, and taking all our questions. And uh, yeah, it was it's great to hear from you always. Yeah, well, listen, I'm just I'm, I'm flattered that you guys asked me to be on the show. It's great to talk to you guys, uh, Rob. I think uh, I'm seeing you next weekend. Is that correct? Yes. Or is that just, re- uh, are you uh, falsely advertising uh, yourself? Oh no, fa- never, never, Marty. N- <laughs> both Nicole and I will be down in Temecula yes. for the reality rally, yes. and that will be That's, a good time. Okay, that'd be great. I would love to. We we barely got any time to uh, 
chat at the, at the finale in LA. And I would, I would love to get a few uh, minutes to talk to you guys face to face. I look forward yeah. to it. And again, thanks for having me on your show. It was a pleasure. Oh, oh, thanks Marty. Yeah, Thanks so much, Marty. Take care, buddy. And I'll see you next week. All right. Bye guys. Bye. bye. All right, Nicole, there you have it. There's Marty. Oh, that was good. So, uh, you ready for the uh, for some comments? Sure, let's do it. All right, here we go. Here's here's the 10. Uh, every week we like to get the comments from Rob has a podcast or Rob has a website.com and we take your comments from the fan page, from the comments and uh, here we go. So, Lee Bartlett, we had the podcast with Tyson last week. Split. A lot of people thought it was great. For the most, actually, for the most part, this was I don't one. Think anybody, I don't think it was split. Mm, for the most part, it was uh, overwhelmingly positive reviews. Yes, uh, definitely. So number 10, Lee Bartlett says, uh, The podcast with Tyson was too awesome for words. You should bring this guy back more often. Agreed. Uh, number 9, uh, Jeff Oliver says, Rob, I just listened to your podcast with Tyson. And in, to answer a statement he made, I actually loved listening to him talk for three hours. But yet, listening to Stephanie Valencia for 15 minutes was painful. LOL. Oh my goodness. Alright, number eight. Now, this is where it starts. the worm starts to turn. Tony the Crow says, I'm sorry, but I don't think Tyson is funny at all. There is a difference between someone being funny and someone trying to be funny. He is for sure the latter. I mean, you can just hear him trying to make jokes or be sarcastic. I mean, he's straining. He just doesn't have the skills. It's, and, uh, I mean, like you know, God, he is so boring. Maybe it's just that he is trying to self-edit as he goes. It is really unsettling. Rob C. and Boston Rob are so much funnier. Maybe it's just I don't get his sense of humor. I'm curious, what did he say in the podcast that was so funny? And he goes on uh, a little bit more. So Tony the Crow, not a fan Mm -hmm. of Tyson. Okay. And even Leslie, number seven... Uh, Tyson's pleasure in being a jerk and acting like a spoiled brat at restaurants and causing people financial hardship because he is upset he didn't get his way is very unappealing. A real turnoff. Not surprised that he still is with his parents. He saves money by living with his parents. All right, Nicole, what about number six? Uh, let's see. Number six. Mark Harrison says that he fell fell asleep listening to our podcast and ended up having a sexual dream about Tyson. Not good. That's well. Yeah, it happens. It depends what you're looking for, yeah. but uh, I would sexual dream about Tyson. Maybe some people are looking for that. Some people not. Yeah, I bet there are some people looking for it. Uh, number five, Eric Benjamin. Ironic as the timing is. Now we talked about who it would be, what movie from Survivor. We talked about what movie Tyson would be, what movie Boston Rob would be. Eric Benjamin thinks he knows uh, what movie I would be. And what is that? Uh, ironic as the timing is, I think the movie that you are strictly as a player would be. Arthur. Mm-hmm. I never saw Arthur. Uh, well, the first film at the time was widely regarded as one of the funniest movies ever and was hilarious and smart. Then Arthur 2 came out, which, well, sucked. Oh. Not only that, but Arthur 2 made $15 million, and you came in 15th place with an accent. What's the accent? Uh, I, I think that maybe with an asterisk what? is what he's trying to say. I think that maybe he's trying to say with, uh, with the Jenna thing. Is it, I think that's where he's, where he's going with that. I mean, Arthur has an accent, but I don't have an accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, whatever people think of you, they'll think of some guy with a silly accent. You, Boston Rob, Dudley Moore, uh, Russell Brand. Uh, so maybe 
I maybe he's talking about that my I have an accent. I don't have an accent. No. Uh, first of all, Eric Benjamin, how dare you? How dare you indeed? Arthur 2 on the Rocks is one of the funniest movies of all time. When Arthur is at the piano bar and working in the hardware store, talking about the fabricated half-inch pipe, uh, that is hilarious. And uh, Arthur 2 is a great movie, and Arthur remake is terrible, and there is no Rob Sisternino remake. So I am not Arthur. Yeah. I don't know where my taboo buzzer is, but that that is... You did not hit the nail on the head, buddy. Uh, okay. Number four, uh, I, we want to ask people to give us a question to ask to the Magic 8-Ball. And uh, we, so we, got, we didn't get a ton of responses. So I think going forward, if somebody has a question for the Magic 8-Ball, we'll ask them that as part of the 10. But I have to grab the Magic 8-Ball uh, for a second. Nicole, you want to read uh, Jazz's question? Like, sure. He says, Dear Magic 8-Ball, do I have a future career as as Tyson's personal bedazzler? So there's the question. Okay, so Tyson said he wanted to have a personal bedazzler uh, one day, and uh, I don't know if he's taking applications yet. But I thought so, I had the job. So this is for Jess. Uh, he wants to know, oh, here, do you hear the Magic 8-Ball shaking, mm-hmm. uh, percolating? So, uh, Dear Magic 8-Ball, does Jess have a career... As Tyson's personal bedazzler. And the answer there is yes. Oh. Oh, okay. There you go. So good for you, Jess. You've got a job. There you go. Uh, Then uh, he also says, uh, love all your podcasts. You guys can do no wrong for me, even if you made me crash my car. Oh, that's very nice of you. That is very nice. All right, Nicole, what about number three? Okay. Brian says, Rob, how do you think Amber would do if she ever played again? That's an interesting question. And, uh... What Nicole? What is your answer to that question? Uh, much like uh, Fabio, lightning's not going to strike twice here. Why do you say like Fabio? Um, like with Matt, like Matt's not going to win. Okay, you're uh, like a Fabio two point Right. Uh, I disagree. Uh, you think and that she could win? I don't know if she would win, but I feel like Amber, and uh, it's appropriate that we talk about Amber, that, that Rob brought her up for the first time in, two, uh, in a while, about how they named the tribe after some stupid uh, stuffed, stuffed animal. animal, and I'm sure that was a, real, a really hilarious moment at the uh, Burkich Mariano house tonight. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I think that Amber would actually do very well in a return to Survivor because uh, I feel like Amber is like Sandra without the witty personality. And how so in the way that Sandra is not going to be, is not even after winning twice would not be considered a threat by anybody. If Amber was going to go on, on the show again, she doesn't have a personality where she's going to make people get mad She's going to do just enough to not get voted off. And then the merge is going to happen and nobody's going to bother with her. And she'll get right there to, you know, final four, you know, you know, five, six, whatever the dynamics of the tribe are. Mm -hmm. And nobody's ever going to say, we got to get rid of Amber. Yeah. So I actually think that Amber would do very well. Uh, I don't think anybody would ever consider her to be a threat. She has no skill that people are like, oh, we got to get rid of Amber because she's uh, really smart or she's really good in the challenges. Uh-huh. And she's just blah enough that you, nobody will ever get rid of her. Uh, yeah. And I think in, in that way, I think she's similar to Sandra as a player 
uh, minus the uh, funny, funny personality. So I think Amber would do would do well. Okay. Uh, although if it was a season without without Boston Rob, I think with Boston Rob she becomes a target as his accomplice. So so Amber flying solo I think would do well. Okay. But I don't think she would ever 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 do Survivor again. Probably not. No. All right. Now this is kind of a long question, uh, but I think that this is a a, a good point. Uh, and this is by Brandon Alexander. So this is kind of a long uh, statement. So bear with me a little bit here. Okay. So uh, Brandon says, uh, what's up, Robin Nicole and the rest of my fellow Survivor fans? I want to address the issue of does God watch Survivor that has been brought up a lot recently because of Matt and Krista. It actually probably goes back further than that with any religious person that has played, most notably Christians. Uh, I am under the belief that God does care about Survivor. Oh, does he? I don't believe he is rooting for Matt or other Christians to win necessarily and hate other players, but I do believe he cares about the whole Survivor experience, including the outcome. When reduced to its simplest terms, Survivor being a game, it can really seem really minute and trivial to think that God would care about it. However, the whole Survivor experience encompasses so much more than that. As a Christian myself, I do believe God cares about marriages, life-changing events, the financial situations of people, our relationships with other people, helping others, and dreams and goals, just to name a few things. All of the above-mentioned ideals have a relationship to Survivor in some way. Rob and Amber, Eric and Jamie Huffman, Rhino and Mary from... Now, that might not be the best example. (laughs) Have all been married because of Survivor. Jenna and Ethan are together because of Survivor, and Survivor has played a critical role in both of them dealing and coping with issues related to cancer in their lives. I'm sure Jen Lyon had a great support system that included her family, as well as a Survivor family before she passed to help comfort her. Families across the country bond and spend time together simply by just watching it. You and Nicole spend time together podcasting because of it. Lifelong friendships come from being on Survivor, and some of the people like Todd Herzog it was a dream come true not only to go on Survivor, but to win. Obviously, winning a million dollars or even lower sums of prize money has changed the lives of many past contestants. How many people are going to benefit from the reality rally coming up next week? I believe Michelle's place would say a lot, uh, as would the many people out there dealing with breast cancer themselves and the families and friends of people who are dealing with it. I also listen to Joanne and Stacy's podcast and hear and constantly hearing how Survivor is impacting them positively in so many ways. Survivor may be a small in the great scheme of things, but everything has its place no matter how small. I've known people who didn't commit suicide to them just because somebody took the time out of their day to give them a smile and compliment them when they were in a state of despair. There are so many more examples I can use, but I have already been extremely verbose, so I'll end with this. I would just like people to consider the big picture more and not have such a microscopic view. I'm not trying to be forceful in my beliefs or anything, but just bring a different perspective. Thanks for all you guys do. Love the podcast. Peace and love. And this is from Brandon Alexander. Okay. And uh, that was that was much longer than a comment that we would normally read right. on the podcast. But I thought that Brandon has a good counterpoint mm-hmm. to a lot of the things that we have said. Uh, I said when I was on Survivor, I don't believe that Jesus has a vested interest in Survivor. Uh, I've said for quite some time I don't believe that God gets involved with reality shows, and we have made a lot of jokes at that expense, but uh, I think that Brandon brings up uh, a lot of good points. I don't know 
if I necessarily agree with every one of the points he brings up, but I think it's an interesting counterpoint. The Rhino and Mary part? Well, the Rhino and Mary part especially. I don't know. if I think that uh, if God had something to do with that, he's really, uh, you know, yes. look, looking back at that one and uh, second-guessing that. Yeah. I, I guess what it's saying is that God just doesn't have a pick to win. <laughs> God doesn't have a pick to win? Yeah. Yeah, so God just w- wants there to be Survivor. Uh-huh. But he's not rooting for he's anybody. He's not rooting for anybody. He's not in rooting particular. for anybody to win. Yes. Okay. So good, good stuff. And I'm, I'm sure you guys will have a lot to say about that as well. Yes. And uh, here's the number one comment There's from this more. week. Are you ready for this? Ask. Okay. So this is from. Uh, well, I'll tell you who it's from after. Okay. Uh, this comment says, uh, "I'm dying laughing. I wish this podcast was six hours long. I'm at work finding." Finding myself laughing out loud. It's really awkward because I have really bad gas. So every time I have a belly laugh, my coworkers have a terrible look on their faces. I love your interviews with former contestants. Keep them coming. If you want to talk to me, simply just reply to my message with a time and a date, and we'll set it up. My season sucked, but that midget called me a diva. (laughs) Signed, Gandia Johnson. Now I have no way of knowing, and of this course, Gandhi Johnson from Survivor Thailand, uh, the Denver diva. Uh-huh. Uh We have no way of knowing if this is the actual Gandhi Johnson, mm-hmm. but I did reply via email to the person who wrote this comment, whether or not it's the real Gandhi or not. It was uh, extremely funny. Yes. So we will find out about this. About Gandhi Johnson. About whether it's not the real Gandhi Johnson, okay. and if so. I bet she will have some funny things to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, I feel like uh, that's... That's a podcast. That's a podcast. Yes, and, and, and we'll talk to Sarita tomorrow. We'll check in with Sarita and ask her about her time with Zapatera. Hopefully she won't be uh, having a stick in her mouth or anything like she that. She won't be giving herself a root canal. Yes. And then uh, no more Jersey Shore. Thank God. Only Celebrity Apprentice to go. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're getting ready. The countdown is on to the Reality Rally. I'm actually going to be, uh, I think on Saturday, I'm going to be at uh, Reality Rocks in L.A. Uh, So if anybody's going to be over there, uh, let me know. And maybe uh, I will will see you there if you want to uh, meet up. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to be going to a a couple panels. But say, say hi to me if you're going to be at Reality Rocks. Sounds good. And uh, until next time, you got anything else to go? All right, take care, everybody.